Nope. Good evening. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Just want to say good evening to everyone out there. Uh, I pray that the Lord has uh, come and blessed you uh, these past few weeks. I have been uh, doing great myself. And so today, um, we'll start off with a word of prayer. Uh, it's been a, a, a while past two weeks if you're you're looking at the news a lot, right? Today is uh, September the 2nd. Today is my grandson's birthday, Andre. He is five years old today. God bless him. And um, we also have, uh, we're in the next month of September here. We're new month, new times. Uh, we had a rough past couple of weeks there in Afghanistan and watching everything that's going on around the world. Uh, I believe that there are brothers and sisters in the Lord that we need to be praying for. We need to be praying for. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Americans left in Afghanistan. Uh, there's uh, also uh, uh, persecution of military officials. There's a, a persecution of Christians still in that uh, region of the world. And so we need to make sure that we are praying for them and we keep them uh, always in our prayers, especially for the the 13 soldiers, uh, the uh, Marines and Navy and the uh, Army personnel who uh, passed away at a car bombing uh, there in Afghanistan, in Kabul, before the last uh, soldiers left uh, Kabul airport there. Um, we need to pray for their families and that God comforts them as well. All right, let's open up in a, in a time of prayer. Uh, Father God, we just come before you, Father. First and foremost, Father, we give you all the thanks and all the honor and the glory, Father God, for all that you do with our life and in our life and through our life, Father. Father, we are right now come before you, Father, lifting up prayers, Lord, uh, for all the families of the 13 fallen soldiers who died uh, serving their country in, in Afghanistan, Father God. We pray for their families, Lord, that you send the Holy Spirit to be with each and every single one of them, Father God, and give them peace and comfort. Uh, Father, we ask uh, those who are being persecuted around Afghanistan and, and in other uh, Middle Eastern countries, Father God, the Christians and those who help the uh, Americans uh, military uh, doing as an interpreter for the United States, Father, I pray that somehow we be able to uh, save those people and save our American family, uh, our American members who are still there in Afghanistan. We pray that a miracle happens, Father God. We pray that our government would send uh, aid and rescue them and some airplanes so that they can be able to be rescued from the hands of the Taliban and ISIS and uh, whoever else is there, Al-Qaeda. Father, we just pray for that region right now. We pray that you intervene in that country. Give dreams to those who are who are not sure who your son Jesus is. We've heard many stories, Father, of people who have had dreams of a man in white clothing and they've converted over to Christianity, Father God. We thank you, Father, for revealing your son, Jesus Christ, to those in that region. And we pray, Father, that you continue to do so in your son Jesus' name. Father, we give you all the praise and the honor and glory. Father, at this time we come before you to learn your word as we read your word. Uh, uh, that we may prepare our hearts and our minds uh, for your word. All these things we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be going to uh, continue our study in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll be starting in verse 11, ending at verse 14. Uh, the topic of this area is brought near by his blood. 
Okay, uh, so it says, therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, you are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. And we're talking about men who are circumcised uh, and they get circumcised on the, I think, believe it's the eighth day after they're born, uh, according to the Hebrew tradition, right? Uh, and so we know that they had this uh, a circumcision so that they can be able to identify themselves separate from the, 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 the Gentiles, which are called the uncircumcised. Those people who were not Hebrew were not circumcised, okay? In verse 12, it says that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens uh, from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ Jesus. Excuse me. <clears throat> but now, uh, here we're talking about that at the verse 12 that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. For he himself is our peace, who has both, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Okay. So here it talks about that Christ Jesus set individuals free from sin and, and death by making them alive through faith in him. But there is more to the story. Jesus saved individuals of all races and backgrounds in order to bring them into unity as his body, his church. There existed a huge gulf between Jews and Gentiles. There was a huge gap between Jews and Gentiles. They just didn't like each other. The Jews did not look upon the Gentiles, those who were not Jews, as uh, people who were dogs. People who were not worthy to be even talked to or shake hands with, okay? Um, you know, there, there's some of that uh, some, today. Like when I when I lived in Brooklyn, New York, uh, you would see the Hasidic Jews, and you could, you say good morning to you. They would just not they would not say anything to you. They would stick their nose kind of up at you and just keep walking. They wouldn't even give you the greeting of the day, you know. Uh, so they themselves still to this day they have this this separation from them and us as uh, Gentiles or Christians. Everyone who is not uh, born of God, uh, born of the Spirit of the Lord, or anyone who is not a, a Hebrew person is not considered a, a Jew. And so therefore you were not part of their covenant. You were not part of the promise that was given to them. Right? So they always look down on us. And, and, and that's kind of like really bothersome because you could tell someone good morning anywhere else and everyone will respond to you and I found it really weird that you know there in Brooklyn you know, we had these uh, Hasidic Jews who walk around with their black clothing and black hats and yarmulkes and stuff like that and you say hey good morning how are you and 
they wouldn't respond. Pretty sad, pretty sad. But but a lot of that has changed now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, because uh, now we do have this connection with the Jewish people, and it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Jews still to this day don't believe, do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God or the Messiah that, they, that have been promised. Uh, the Jews today are still waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And we as Christians are waiting for the second coming of the Messiah. And, and, and he comes to, to save the world and to liberate uh, us from the demonic powers that, that still runs around loose on this earth. Even though Satan is a defeated foe, but we see the enemies work in our communities. We see uh, our communities have turned uh, a lot of good neighborhoods has turned to drugs and and uh, bars and and strip joints and and things like that and, and it just brings evilness to to the area and and sometimes uh, uh, crime occurs in those places and and that's what the enemy does the, the enemy prowls around uh, seeking who he can devour seeking who he can destroy. Right? The, Jesus said himself that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal our hearts from the Lord. He comes to steal uh, uh, our, um, our, our life. He comes to disrupt, to disrupt our families and destroy our families. That's why uh, a, lot of, a lot of brothers and sisters who are able to be strong, once they get off drugs and alcohol and they come to Jesus Christ, they, they get strong. You see, because they got saved, and they no longer have to, uh, they no longer have to uh, uh, depend on that fix, right? That high, all right. And and so Jesus is is the high. Jesus is what's 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 important here. Jesus is what saves us from the world. Amen. Amen. So, so that's that's the difference here between Jews and the non-Jews, Gentile. God was going to bring these two distinct groups together by drawing believers in Christ among the Jews and from among the Gentiles. Okay? Now, when you read the Gospels, right, you got Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. And out of those four, only one of them is a, a Gentile, which is Luke. Luke was not a Jew. Luke was just a physician. Okay, and he was a and he was a uh, a Gentile. He was a disciple of Paul. Paul, who before Paul was Saul, and he was a, a persecutor of the way of the people who followed Jesus Christ. He was there when the the the, the, the people stoned Stephen. And Stephen knelt down and looked at the heavens, and he saw Jesus standing next to the Father. And he told him, look, I see the Lord standing next to God. And then next you know, the Lord put him into a deep sleep so that he would not feel pain. He would not feel discomfort. Amen. So, so that's, that's it there. And, uh, and the Jews had the privilege of being God's chosen nation, whom he had given his covenant promises according to Deuteronomy 7, 6, chapter 7, verse 6. One of the signs of his covenant was circumcision. God required circumcision all the way back then as a sign of obedience to him, as a sign of belonging to the covenant people, because once circumcised, the man would be identified as a Jew forever. Amen. 
as a symbol of cutting off the old life of sin, purifying one's heart, and dedicating oneself to God. More than any other practice, circumcision separated God's people from the Egyptians and the Canaanite neighbors. And that's what separated them. Today we have circumcisions on men and babies, you know, when they're born. It's for health reasons. It helps so that people can, do not get diseases and things like that. Uh, so it's, it's more of a, a health reason today. But the Jews still do it the old traditional way. They, they still they stuck to that the old traditional way. And so today we have circumcision, but it's circumcision of the heart. Amen. So, because... Uh, uh, Jews are considered all non-Jews, the uncircumcised, to be ceremonially, un ceremonially unclean. The Jews erred in believing that circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, okay, using the knife and cutting the foreskin of a child, was sufficient to make them godly men without necess necessity of inner renewal. You see, inner renewal. And, and that's what they thought that they had to do. And, and yes, at that time, back then, in the time of Abraham, uh, that was that was, that was the covenant, and that's what what kept them separate from the rest of the world. But then, when Jesus came, Jesus brought a new covenant. He brought a new covenant to the world, loving one another. He brought his sacrifice. He was a sacrificial lamb. So that he can join both Jew and Gentile together. Because we are those who are far off of the seed of Abraham. You see, we were all, we were all interconnected and interrelated somehow, some way, shape, or form. Because back then there was just less people in the world. But Abraham was promised that he would be a father of many nations. Not just one. Not just the Hebrew nation, the Jewish nation. But he would be the father of many nations. And out of those many nations, we all Gentiles are part of. And because of the blood of the Lamb, because of Jesus dying on the cross for us, because of his sacrifice, he willingly sacrificed himself on the cross. He didn't fight it. He didn't, he didn't say, hey, let's put this off 24 hours. No, Jesus said, I go willingly because he knew what he had to do. He knew that the price of, of people living eternally in, in God's plan, in God's total redemptive plan, was to bring life to men. And we're not talking about life as you breathe. We're talking about life from the death of sin. We are all dead in sin. And when we come to Christ, we come to Him as sinners. And He died for us while we were still sinning. And because of his love for us, because Jesus, because God loved us so much that he gave his son to die for us on the cross. Amen. Amen. So then it continues on to, to so that I can read here. Uh, in this section of Ephesians, Paul focused on the Gentiles, calling the Gentile Christians to remember their former conditions. Remember uh, the, the Bible. In the Bible means more than mere recollection. Re recollection. Remember, in the Bible means more than mere recollection. It is a call to action on the basis of the memory. Amen? Amen. Remember, in verse 12, it says, Remember that at the time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. See, that's, that's where we were at. 
Before we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, we were part of this world. We were part of this world and we were sinning in the world. We were sinners. We, we didn't have the promises of God and we didn't have His love for us. I mean, He loves us, but, but we were sinners. And God does not like sin. God does not love sin. And sin is whatever is against God. And so you have to read the scriptures, you know, the, the Ten Commandments and all the other laws that were written that we are against, right, today, okay? Like, you know, drug use and drinking, pornography, homosexuality, all these things are all sin, and God hates sin. And there's a lot of people out there who are, who are suppressing the truth. They, 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 don't wanna, they don't want to hear that because they believe that there is no God. I was talking to a gentleman today from the Bronx, uh, New York, and he, we was talking about this topic, about how people suppress the truth, right? So that it makes it okay for them to do things. And, and that's a problem, brothers and sisters. We have to remember that we are all subject to the wrath of God. Whether you believe in Him or not, there is a day coming when tomorrow is not guaranteed. We can die in our sleep tonight and be before the king. And if our name is not in the Lamb's book of life, we will face eternal damnation. We will face God's wrath. We will be in a place that we will be burning without relief and we never die. It is a long-lasting suffering. A lot of churches don't preach this anymore because they're afraid to scare away members. I'm here to tell you, Brothers and sisters, there is a doom for those who do not believe. There is a doom for those who do not have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. There is a doom for those who are disobedient. And that is the wrath of God. And we do not want to be there. We do not want to be in that position. We want to make sure that our name is in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Amen. Let's continue on. They were separated. We were separated from Christ, having no expectation of the Messiah to save them. They were excluded from citizenship in Israel. The Gentiles could never fully partake of the spiritual privileges promised to Israel. Even the Good Samaritans, the Samaritan woman, and the Good Samaritan who helped the, the person who was robbed on the side of the road, these people were part Hebrew. You see? They were part Hebrew and part Persian. But because they were mixed, the Jews did not mingle with them. Because they were mixed, the Jews hated them. Jews, after an extensive training period followed by circumcision and baptism, the sense of exclusion was never fully removed. Gentiles could never truly be citizens of Israel. We were foreigners according to the covenant of promise for Paul. The covenant promises were the basis of Israel's distinctive status. The plural Covenant makes the word comprehensive. All of God's promises to his people, all the distinctive privileges that made them his people, to these the Gentiles were foreigners, meaning that they had no share of the part in the promise. We had no eternal life. We wouldn't go to heaven. We would not be seated with the Lord. We would not have a place in his kingdom because we were Gentiles. Amen. Amen. So, so, what happens here is that they were without hope. 
There was no hope for the Gentiles to find one true God or obtain anything beyond physical life in this world. The pagan philosophers' theories about life after death were at best vague and supplied no way to atone for evil committed during a person's life. They had no divine promise and thus no basis for hope. Imagine the man on the, on the cross next to Jesus Christ. He was just a thief. It doesn't say that he was a Jew. It didn't say that he was a Gentile. He was just a man. And in the last moments of his life, he looked at Jesus and said, Hey, remember me when you go into your kingdom. Remember me. And what does the, the, the Bible, the book say here about remember? Uh, remember is, uh, we read it here just a few seconds ago. Give me a second here to find it. Remember in the Bible means more than mere recollection. It is a call to action on the basis of the memory. And Jesus said that from this day forward, you will be with me in paradise. A nobody. We don't know if he was a Jew or a Gentile. He probably was a Gentile because Jews probably were going to be crucified. But Gentiles were crucified. We don't know. The scriptures doesn't say he was just a man on the cross and he was a thief. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so, we were without hope. We had nowhere to go to after death. Like the Egyptians believed that that once we die, that we will go into, you know, to live with gods and, and become a god, right? And, and they would put things in our sarcophagus and it would help us to go into our travels, you know, horses and chariots and things like that. It would help us in the afterlife. That's what the Egyptians they thought back then, right? Uh, and so for us, we didn't have that promise. We didn't have uh, a way of knowing of eternal life. But they were without God in the world. The Gentiles had many gods, but they were with, they were without the one true God. And they lived entirely and only in this evil world without God. The world was all they had. That's all they knew. Just like today's sinners, this is all, all a sinner has today. When he looks at his world, this is his life. He doesn't think about any other life. All they think about is that, that, that thing that makes them feel good, that drug or that drink or the uh, pornography or the actions of homosexuality or adultery. or The sinner doesn't think about my life after this life. The sinner doesn't think about where am I going. The sinner doesn't think that he's a sinner. He actually thinks he's, you know, doing his life. And a lot of people are like that today. A lot of people are like that today. A lot of people think that, and this is my life. This is it. I'm good to go. If I die, I die. I'm happy. I'm all right. But it's not so. To die without Christ is eternal damnation. It's very sad. <clears throat> the Gentiles had many gods. And the world without God was all they had. This was a bleak description indeed. Fortunately, it does not end here. For God himself intervened. Jesus was, uh, was, uh, says that you were once far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And that's verse 13. And here it says that two little words, but now, right? But now, huh? or but God. Right here in this verse it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you 
who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, God intervened from heaven to earth and the entire story of redemption contrasting the Gentile state at that time. And then next you know, this passage describes the joyous reconciliation that the Gentile believers have experienced in Jesus Christ. That woman at the well, man, was she excited when she found out that this man that she was talking to for the past maybe 20, 30 minutes was the Messiah. And then she went and told the people in her town. And they all came to him and asked him to come and stay a while in their town. The words far and near describe the position of Gentiles. The Jews in relationship to God, Isaiah spoke of a coming day of peace to those far and near in Isaiah 57 verse 19 to accomplish this peace and to bring near those who have been far away could only happen by the blood of Christ. Redemption could come only through Jesus' death. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Far more about why Jesus had to die. He had to die. As we look around our world today, right? In our neighborhoods, in our streets, people are out, you know, living their life. Some people believe and some people don't. I believe a lot of people believe. I think, I think there's a more majority of our world that believes in God and in Jesus. The thing is, is that we don't all have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what is needed uh, to continue to go to heaven. Jesus said there's two roads, right? The wide road and the near road. And on the wide road, we're going to find Christians on that wide road. We're, we're going to find them there. You see? Because they, they think it's kind of rough and tough to get through the narrow gate. The narrow gate, man, you have to cut off some stuff. You have to cut off some people in your lives. You have to cut off some of those vices and superfluities of life. Some of those things that kept you down in the dark. Right? So, you know, it's kind of like, man, I got to give up all this just to go to heaven? But I, what's wrong with smoking weed? What's wrong with having a little drink here and there? What's wrong with, you know, watching porn or adultery or stealing? Uh, what's wrong with what's wrong with that? What's wrong with coveting? I just look at women every once in a while. You know, it's cool. It's all right. They look pretty and fine and beautiful. But really, where's your love? Where's your love for for God? Jesus said, hey, there's going to be a lot of people calling me Lord, Lord. And I'm going to tell them, hey, I never knew you. Who are you? Who are you? What have you done for me? Where were you when, when some, some person needed you in your life? You know, uh, here recently, right, uh, my wife and I, we were at my daughter's house. And, and there was someone calling my wife uh, by Facebook. And, you know, you, she knew who it was, but I kept telling her, they answer the phone. And she was like, why? I haven't talked to this person since my college days. I said, babe, you should answer the phone. Someone who doesn't call you in over years, since like the 90s, and, and this person is calling, there might be something wrong. Might be something wrong. She hesitated, but then she finally called and got in contact with the person who was calling her. And it was an old friend of hers, my wife's friend. Uh, old girl, uh, old girlfriend, friend from high school, 
I mean, from excuse me, from college, and she needed help. She needed help, and so we we went and helped her. Apparently, on her way down here towards El Paso to cross the bridge to go into Juarez, Mexico, she got hit and totaled her car. They were staying at a Motel Six. At a, at a town that was about an hour and a half away from here. And they needed to get the husband, who his brother died the day before, and his son to Juarez so they could make the funeral the next day. And so we went. And then we met them at the hotel, and we got her husband and her son in a truck, and we drove back to El Paso, went to the gate. And on the way down, we got to minister to the son and pray for him. After right before he departed our vehicle and walked across the bridge. It's a it's a divine intervention when when we think that we shouldn't do something, but then we kind of feel, hey, you know what? There could be something wrong. This could be an opportunity to present Jesus Christ to someone. And just so happens that the young man was was dealing with a lot of emotions. You know, he was going to see his uncle's grave, you know, uncle passed away with his father, going across the Juarez. And then not only that, but, you know, he was going to, he's thinking that his wife is going to leave him and he might have to go to a divorce. And it was just so hard for him. And he gave us an opportunity to shed light in a dark area of his life. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to take advantage of some of the craziest things that may happen in our life. You never know when God gives us an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You just don't know. Needless to say that after all that, my wife was like, man, I'm glad we did what we did because we got to, we got to, we were able to share the gospel with someone and pray over him. You just don't know. It just so happened that this past Sunday, we was able to go to a prayer meeting for a couple of our old friend church members who were older gentlemen and older wife who were in a hospital. And we were able to pray with a group of his family and friends and relatives. And we were able to go out there to the hospital and talk to them about Jesus and about salvation and about having peace with God, no matter what other circumstances, because the family members were in the hospital with COVID, both grandmother and grandfather. And I was we was able to pray with them and share the gospel, and we even had the sinner's prayer out there for them so they could all get to come and meet Jesus Christ. And, and I think it was just, we have to go to where we're needed. And if there's a call, there's a call. And we have to understand that it, it, it might be nothing. But that small nothing turns out to be a great miracle for the kingdom of God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what the gospel is all about. Going when you know you got to go and you got that feeling. You never know what God is going to reveal to you. You never know what God puts you in what situation and who needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Amen. Let's continue on here so I can finish it up. Uh, we've been on about 30 minutes now. And I, I just want to just say that that uh, there's two little words, but now in Christ Jesus, who, who, want, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood. The words far and near describes the position of the Gentiles and the Jews in relationship to God. To accomplish this peace and to bring near those 
who have been far away could only happen by the blood of Christ. Redemption and could, could only come through Jesus' death. Amen? Amen. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness. Far more about why Jesus had to die. Amen. For he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Amen. He is our peace. Jesus destroys the barriers between the Jews and the Gentiles, making peace between both groups. This in turn made the way for peace between them, even more than making peace between the two groups. Christ reconciled them both to God. Those who believed in him would be made into one group, Christians, where there is no Greek, no Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or scathian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen? Christ is all and in all. So when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are no longer free or slave. Mexican, black, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Irish, American, white, yellow, Chinese, Jew, Gentile. We're none of that. We're none of that. We are Christians. We're all in the blood of Christ. That, my friends, is my night's message. It's tonight's message. And I just pray that you continue to, to seek the Lord. I thank everyone who tuned in and who came on. I pray that you continue to support this uh, Facebook channel and this podcast. And remember, you can find me on Bodbean, 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 B-O-D-B-E-A-N, Bodbean, and it's 915 Pastors Roundtable. Please check me out. It's a free download. You just download the app and 915 Pastors Roundtable. Look it up. And every time I get a, uh, uh, every time I put out a message, you'll get a little sim uh, symbol that says, hey, I'm on. And just check me out. Okay. I, I, need, I would like to have your support uh, out there. I appreciate every single one of you that supports this ministry of the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father God, we just thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, that we are no longer foreigners in your kingdom, Father God, that we are both uh, Jew and Gentile, both have access to the Father. We both have access to you, Lord. Before your throne, we come now boldly, and we can stand there and ask for forgiveness of sin. Because of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that he shed for us on the cross, Father, we are now known as Christians, children of the Most High God. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in our lives, and we thank you for the things that you're about to do in our lives. Until we meet here again next week, Father, God, God bless every single one of you. May he shine his face upon you. May he lift up his countenance and, and be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you very much. God bless y'all. Hope to see you next week. Amen. Amen.